Welcome, guys, to this next episode of the Trainer Feed. We are your hosts. I am Angel Sanchez. We have Jacques Delager. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. We, we got David Bravo over here. What's up? <laughs> um, we have a guest today, Mr. Dan Rohanna. But before we introduce our guest, uh, let's see how everybody's doing. David, how you doing? I'm tired. Like, I just got back from a workout. I was at the club earlier for some clients, and I'm ready to go to bed. Yes. At 2 o'clock. All right. There you go. Some, some people <laughs> are napping pros. That's true. That's true. I heard that's a skill in the medical field as well. That's right. For, you know, for Jacques, if I'm not being nap. productive, I'm like a waste. And a no. Fool. I think naps I'm are I'm jealous because I can't nap. I'm jealous. Honestly, oh. deep down, I'm just like, okay. I can never nap. Because you're productive and I'm not. It's, no, naps it's are productive. Great. <laughs> no i i'm ge- genuinely my naps become like hour nap. long naps oh man i'm like oh sure wake up the next day I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> next day <laughs> doc how are you doing i'm pretty good uh i some of the david came back from walking out not long ago but it's fucking cold today man like you forget when you have to walk the dog in the cold you think damn I, i'm glad i don't have to use the restroom outside because it was just get a suck. 10 foot get a 10 foot leash and just like put it out the window Reel it back in. Yeah, from fourth floor up. <laughs> yeah. 20 foot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Rains to be seen. How about you, Angel? How are you feeling? I'm doing doing well. Doing well. It's a little chilly, but we're here. It's January. Actually, it's about to be February, so. It's almost it's Super crazy. Bowl time. It's about that time. Almost Super Bowl time. Chiefs and are taking it. Valentine's Day. The Chiefs are ready. Chiefs Val- take it. Valentine's Day. Valentine's who? Van Halen. Van Halen, he died, bro. Damn, RIP. All right, so let's introduce our guest, Dan Rohanna. He is a ex pro, uh, personal trainer, uh, fitness enthusiast, and educator. So give it up for Dan. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Dan, how you doing? What's going on, guys? What's up, Uh, Dan? Nice to meet you. Uh, sorry, Dave. It's for Dave. What's going on, Jack? How you been? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. How's everything up there? Same. <laughs> yeah. Cold as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah, where we are you? got some of that today. Uh, we're, we're in Western PA right now, so like just outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, we were down in Miami, which was nice to kind of get away from all the all the cold. But uh, it's been pretty cold since we got back. Was fortunate to get out a few times on the on the mountain doing a little snowboarding, so I made it a little bit better. Oh, but, that's uh, awesome! Today's a cold day, man. I heard you guys got it pretty bad up north there, though, too. So, cold, cold wise, yeah. Thank you, didn't snow, yeah, but it's crazy. Yeah, I heard you guys got like it's almost feels like uh, like ten degrees or something. Yeah, it's that typical so, nineteen yeah. feels like nine. You're like, okay, so it was actually nine, or was it nineteen? You know? Yeah. But, right. Yeah. Uh, but we wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast today, um, and. I think it's best if you kind of like give everybody, give our listeners kind of a recap as to how you got into fitness um, and personal training. So uh, feel free to jump in with your bio. How'd you get to the spot where you're at right now? Uh, sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. I uh, appreciate it. I've uh, just been, had a chance to actually go through a lot of the, some of the previous shows and a lot of good stuff on there. So Thank I'm you. now a fan. Thank you. I'm now a trainer feed fan. Uh, nice. That's funny. Thank I, you. I was definitely hooked on a lot of the conversations. So really cool. Um, <clears throat> So for me, I think most of you guys know this. I've been in, in sports uh, pretty much my whole life. So I think that's probably the biggest foundation that kind of took me this way. Uh, I was able to, you know, I was fortunate enough to play sports up, you know, um, 
into the pros for a little bit, which basically meant I was playing until I was about 26, 27. Uh, Cinderella story got cut a little bit shorter or quicker than I would have liked, but that's all right. Uh, but that's kind of how I got there. Um, for me, like, you know, I played, you know, and it's just hockey. And I played hockey kind of all the way up, you know, as a kid, but I took a lot of breaks. So for me, fitness was a big way to kind of bridge a lot of those gaps. So the idea of, you know, shooting 200 pucks a day or doing dry land training, then hitting the gym and then uh, coming back and stretching for an hour, you know, uh, really is what kind of allowed me to just kind of maintain and, and hang around as long as I did. You know, so I've, I've always kind of pushed that. And I was always looked to as the guy that was just, uh, you know, kind of knew what to do when it came to the gym. So a lot of guys were always kind of gravitating towards me. So I was reading, I was, I was uh, leading little kind of like group training programs with all my teammates and friends kind of going through it. You know, after I was done playing, jumped into uh, the financial world, jumped into the corporate business world <laughs> for a minute. Uh, anybody who's been there can tell you that that's a different place than the sports world. Uh, so it, uh, it was cool. It wasn't for me. Got back and, you know, it's always loved training. So I was like, let me try this out. And uh, so I, I always, this is when I came to New York back in 2010, I think is when I first went to the Reebok club, which is now Equinox. And I uh, was like, Hey, this is Reebok. Yeah, it's got a cool name. I want to train here. So I uh, kind of jumped in there, got my feet wet, had some uh, success at the same time. I was doing a little bit of fitness modeling, just trying to like really kind of feel out what it is that I was going to do going forward. And, uh, just kind of had the same side of same kind of success uh, right away with training people as I did kind of, like I said, back in the day with, with my teammates and everything. And that, that was kind of cool because it was the same kind of idea. Just, you know, it comes down to working hard. I think we all can all agree on that. It comes down to consistency and working hard, right? It's showing up when you're like, don't really want to be here, but I'm going to do it anyways, you know, and the only person that's going to give you credit for it is you, right? You know, so sometimes it's just like, how am I going to do this? Why am I going to do this? But just kind of taking that overall philosophy, you know, just like I said, with sports was kind of like, all right, you know, these kids kind of got a, a head start on you. How are you going to catch up? Well, I'm going to do the things that they're not doing, you know, and, and in, in fitness, I think, you know, you're really seeing a lot of that now is it's like, you know, when I first got into it, unless you were an athlete, you probably weren't doing a dynamic warm up or spending a lot of time warming up. Uh, you probably weren't doing like, you know, stretching afterwards for, you know, an extra 30 minutes probably weren't doing a cardio session and a training session, you know, cause it was just like, Oh, that's just too much. We don't do that. We're going to hit the weight room and that's how we're going to do this. So that was interesting. And then of course, obviously the philosophy now is like, everybody's just any little inter opportunity. That's what everybody's about right now. And that's great. You know, and I, I love seeing it now because that's really what it takes. You know, I still think there's some stigmas out there. We can help as far as uh, the diet and everything go, you know, with helping people kind of find their path because I still think there's a lot of confusion. Um, but that kind of brought me up to, you know, like I said, uh, sports is really kind of what got me here. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. So No, that's, that's awesome. I think that uh, you touched on a few things there, uh, taking the athlete's mindset and starting to utilize that mindset in the health and fitness world with your clients. Uh, and I'm sure that you've seen some boundaries that you probably didn't see in the strength and conditioning, like sports and athletic world. And then some things that were really familiar, right? Like maybe even some body image issues and challenges in that regard. And you spoke about uh, scheduling and making sure that even though you don't want to do it, just getting in there and getting it done. Um, I did want to 
kind of like pivot towards something a little bit different with my next question, but it is also uh, similar in a certain way. So I wanted to ask like personal trainers um, have the space to be specialists and space to be generalists. And I'm sure with athletes, the same thing happens too, right? You get to specialize or you just get raised and you're touching all different things and you're trying to play different sports, but let's stick with personal training. Uh, do you feel like it's better for personal trainers to be specialists or generalists in today's world? I know that uh, today is 2021, right? So things kind of got flipped on its head in 2020. So that might change the answer there. But um, what do you think in regards uh, to personal trainers, like having uh, that niche uh, or being generalist? Yeah, uh, that's an interesting question. That's a great question. And uh, my, my answer has definitely evolved uh, for sure. Because, you know, it's funny, like when I first got into it, I wanted to specialize. Um, and I kind of did as far as, let's say, performance coaching. But, you know, I think what mostly people understood when they worked with me is that you're going to work hard. Like, I mean, people would look at him like, I don't want to work with that guy because that client's doing things I would never want to do. Um, but the reality is that's what also gets you there too, right? I, I don't believe in, you know, fitness is interesting because like if you give 80%, it's really not good enough. Um, sorry, let me, let me, let me pause with that. 80% <laughs> is great. Any of you guys listening, if you're doing 80%, I am proud of you. Uh, what I mean by that more so is that like, if you want to see this, this kind of curb of you consistently improving every single day and you want it to be very linear, like I'm literally watching the process, you'd better be willing to give a hundred percent. Um, because that's just what it's going to take. And if you do that, then you will see the results. And that's the best part. I think a lot of people think like, well, I've done enough and, and, you know, they're not happy with the results. And I think that's where you have to ask, can I give more then? because that's really what it's going to take. Uh, sorry to jump off, you know, sideways there. Um, what I mean is, is uh, so like I looked at it as like, all right, do I want to do this or not? Do I want to specialize or do I want to be general? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more general people than there are specialized, specialized people. Sure. Uh, so my question would, would, would be to you is, are you really, really good at something that nobody else is or that maybe a limited amount of people are? Or do you just really enjoy doing something um, and it would just more be more fun for you to kind of do that, right? So, like, I, I can look at that because, I mean, I, I do train and coach hockey players. Uh, I do a lot of boxing and kickboxing, you know, and you can call that specialization. And then I do a lot of those that are really, like, let's say I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to improve my max on bench, squat, deadlift. Um, but I've also got just, you know, older people that they just want to kind of keep moving, stay out of pain, stay healthy. You know, so my short answer is, is be as good as you can possibly be in all these areas. And if you're really good at one, more than likely people are going to pay you money for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's, that's a great answer because, um, uh, first of all, it wasn't a roundabout answer. Like I kind of, I got your path, right? Like you, you, yeah. you went yeah. around it a little bit, but I got your path and I definitely agree. I found myself personally, when I started, um, doing training one-on-one -on -one coaching and whatnot, I had a part-time job at a physical therapy facility, as a lot of these guys know. And um, I was almost, when I went into personal training space, I was almost like cast into, you're just gonna do rehab work, right? And I found myself very bored very quickly because I was like, I'm not a physical therapist, but I'm sitting here and doing correctives for you know 45 minutes to an hour with people. And it's not necessarily bad work, it's good work because if you don't get it done, sometimes people aren't going to do it. However, it wasn't something that was driving me like it wasn't something that I was excited to get to every day. So I went and I spoke with my FM, PTM, uh, fitness managers, personal training managers at the time. 
And I said, I want to kind of branch out. And they said, well, you're really good at this. Um, we need somebody who can do this. I said, that's fine, but I do want to like look, have people do PRs and stuff like that. Like I, I didn't get that opportunity and I want to try to do that. Um, so then I started to branch out a little bit more and then I found some sort of peace with that. So I think that having, like you said, if you're really good at something, maybe you should like, people are going to pay you for it. That's essentially what it was and understanding that, but then also having, yeah. you know, everybody else around you do, um, some other stuff as well. Like branching out is definitely better. Cause I was only like 25, 26 at the time. And people were already putting me into that box with like, you get all the geriatric patients or clients. And then you get all the clients that have had torn this, broken this, broken that. And these guys know because they they've all yeah, seen me see on Angel. the mat. They'll see me on the mat for like a whole hour. <laughs> I just stay on the mat, you know? 6 a.m., yeah. same thing. You know, <laughs> in the morning, he's just looking at me like, fucking kill me. I don't right know. And I'm, I'm young. I'm That's like, funny. See, see, I never really got to see that side. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can definitely see where it came from for sure, man, because I, I definitely respect the skills, but that's funny. I, I mean, and I can understand that because like, you, you're doing a lot of the work, but you're not getting to have a lot of the fun. Mm. You know, and what I mean by that, obviously, if you, you've kind of played sports or just kind of been very competitive, it is fun to like go after something, right? And more importantly, yeah. it's also fun to be a teammate saying, all right, let's get this. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. So I can definitely understand that. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to hear that take. And obviously, like I said, that was a side or that's a, uh, that's a view I never got to see. So yeah, yeah. It was uh, one that I quickly tried to clean up because I didn't want to give that perception, like stepping into a building. I didn't want people to see, you know, I, I used to wear like the, I mean, we could get into it all day, but I used to wear like the the Tiger Woods gear because I had the little polos and I would come for part time, job, and then everybody would be like, "Oh, with the shoes instead of khaki shorts, things like that." But anyway, that was so I learned my lesson real quick. But anyway, I wanted to switch it up again, talking about like clients being ready, willing, and able. So when it comes to guiding change and facilitating growth in a client's lifestyle, what are some things that you notice that translate to a client being well, ready, willing, and able? Uh, to change all right so we're talking about behavioral change theory here uh that's a great question and i think it's you know it's interesting and obviously we've kind of all been in in that in that chamber with equinox and of uh you know had had to work through a lot of workshops with this for sure but you know i mean i I think it's i I guess it's going to take me a second to kind of basically structure what i'm going to say here uh because i do deal with this issue with with a few clients that i've had over the years and it's been fun to watch them go through changes and let's say go through the cycle again and again and again. And at each, each time they hit that, you know, that, that opening of like open-mindedness, they tend to uh, accept something or, or take a chance on something, you know, a new training protocol or just giving a little bit more or just, you know what, now I'm going to actually track my food consistently. And they give you a little bit more. Um, so that's a, that's a, you know, you got to kind of read that one. But I think you just got to kind of be a good, good coach and teammate and just let them know where they could be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think to, to get them there, you got to kind of show them how they would get there, mm-hmm. you know, open to like what it would be. You know, a lot of times it's just like if, if I'm in the future with my client and I say, OK, this guy really needs to give me like two or three more days a week if he really wants to start getting to his goals um, and rewind that back to now okay, in our workouts, this guy's getting better at basic fundamental like um, movement skills, right? So, all right, this is awesome. He's building. So he's becoming stronger. He's allowing himself to be able to do more. His workouts are becoming that much more effective. 
all right, in the future, I want him to start thinking, maybe I could do another day here. You know, whether it's with me or it's on your own, you know, three days maybe isn't enough. Maybe it's four. Two days maybe isn't enough. I, I always have been recommend, you know, any kind of strength training at least three days just yeah. because I just don't think there's – you're just not – you're shooting yourself in the foot if you're not doing that. Um, so I guess the buy-in is really just how willing the client is to keep going forward. And then on the other side, that's really going to come down to the trainer, mm-hmm. how good they are with their language, with their communication, um, with their programming, how they set it up, how they take those steps. And that doesn't mean it has to be like this perfectly laid out thing. Cause I mean, you know, I'm sure we all, we all know this that like, I'll mess it up a few times before I get it right. You know, client doesn't necessarily see that. Uh, and what I mean is like, okay, I want him to start thinking about this. Maybe I didn't communicate it the right way. Maybe I didn't show him what, what it could be. Maybe I didn't give him the resources he need the right way, mm-hmm. you know? And that just allows you to say, okay, I'm going to come back. I'm going to take a take a, take a snapshot of what we're trying to do here. All right, here's the goals. All right, here's what he is doing. All right, here's what I think he should start thinking about doing. And all right, how am I going to get him to want to do that? So, you know what I mean? That's the whole autonomy thing, right? You know, allow him to kind of lead his own path. Um, on the other side of that, I will say though, if you have clients that are, are skillful, you know, and this is probably where I kind of, would defer a little bit from the way we've kind of like thought of it in the past is that uh, sometimes I got clients like, this is what you need to do. Good. Tell me. And they're doing it. Right. And they're doing it nonstop five days a week. I mean, like they're tracking their diet, they're hitting their program every day. You know, everything is just right there. They're, they're doing their, you know, their homework is what I call correctives. Like they're doing all the things every day. So like for me to spend an extra two months allowing you to choose and me trying to coerce you to say, what I think you need to do um, can be a waste of time as well. So then that obviously comes down to the, to the clients, just like you said, ready, willing, and able. Their skill level, where, where are they actually at? You know, what are they good at? If they're good at tracking data and they love doing this, here's what you're going to do, go. You know, if you're 100% resistant, how am I getting you to take that resistance down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, right? yeah, I was going to say that it's difficult sometimes because we get caught in uh, the program, we get caught in what we want them to accomplish with their goals setting and everything like that. Like they'll say, I want to do this. You get excited, you get hyped up, they're hyped up, you're energized as day one. And then as the weeks go by, sometimes that luster just kind of like fades away. And you realize that the client might've been able to say what they needed to say, but they weren't actually ready, willing, and able to make the changes. Uh, That was really what you set from the outset. For example, like you said, like three days a week strength training. Um, They weren't ready to come into the gym three days a week. They thought they were, but you know, a lot of things are going on in their life or something like that. And they weren't able to hit that. And then everything else starts to fall apart. So um, it's interesting that you said, just kind of see where the client is, be that guide for them and try to help them uh, facilitate their own growth. But it is kind of difficult sometimes to know when is the right time for them to facilitate that change. Uh, and that's a great question. Um, and obviously a challenge, uh, I guess, you know, clean up what I said there is, is just have, like give them a, a, a goal post or a light post, so to speak. It's like, mm-hmm. this is where you could be going. Right. Cause if they're paying you or asking you how to get to a certain journey, certain destination, then I hate to break it to you, but there are some things that you have to do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
You know, that's like, don't sit there and look at every fitness model and be like, man, I don't want to look at this. When I say, hey, you should probably do two a days, and <clears throat> pardon me, and they work out for, you know, probably like three or four times a day, just so you know, that's not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Well, but I want to do it in an hour. Yeah. And then more importantly, in that hour, you're, you're giving me like a 50% intensity rate, right? So it's like, okay, probably not going to happen. But <laughs> Yeah, it, it reminds me, I think these guys are familiar um, because we had a, a trainer on uh, AG, Anthony Gilks. And his, one of his clients was really ready, willing, and able. That guy said, I wanted to lose this amount of weight and this amount of time. And true, he knew it wasn't necessarily the most sustainable approach. And he had a short-term goal that he had to meet. He had to lower a couple of risk factors and get that stuff done. And this guy was in there at 5.30 in the morning. He did uh, half-hour sessions. Uh, so it was 5.30 to 6, but he did it five days a week. And he said, I'm going to maximize this for like three months, two months, three months in order to do whatever he needed to do. And that guy was getting after it. And AG was like, all right, if you're, if you're ready to go, like, this is what we need to do. And he had that conversation with him and the guy did not falter. He actually, he got into a car accident and then he came in to work out the next day. He was fine, obviously, (laughs) but it was like, and AG was saying, he was like, like, I'm making this man indestructible. This man (laughs) is like, I'm making him to the next Superman. Uh, because he was just ready like he was geared up he was ready to just like rock and roll um but yeah i don't want to take up too much of the yeah. time though Jacques and uh david have some no, that's awesome yeah that makes it fun so <clears throat> yeah Definitely. i think uh picking back off what you guys were just talking about when again going on the same theme of ready willing and able because some some people we work with will say they want to do this and like you said once they realize that that fitness model or that fitness influencer does two to four workouts a day or it's you know like i never forget reading i think the rock for example or the guys like hugh jackman and mark Wahlberg. they get up at 4 a.m 4 a.m they do an hour and a half workout and they do their thing they do another workout whatever so like the actual reality of what people do is sometimes not always not like common knowledge to us but let's say we have um or if you have a client that starts working with you or just even current clients when they have several areas of opportunity what do you like to tackle first, say the lowest hanging fruit? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I, I guess the thing of that is usually, you know, it's, that's a hard, that's a, all right, I'm going to give you my opinion and then of course we can break <laughs> that down. Uh, and, and, and my opinion is usually for the most part, I, I've tried to make everything as easy as possible. And then I really think that's when the exercise selection can really play a huge factor and what i mean by that is if usually if somebody's coming in at this level then they probably can't move well right so like what i always kind of think is like i trick them into basically working harder because most people will will work to a certain threshold right like mm-hmm. they'll work to a certain degree and then of course when it gets a little bit too hard they're like all right we back down and that's of course when they're like oh, i need a break mm-hmm. and that's so what i like to do is i like to push that line higher and I do that by basically maybe it's functional or it's just like strengthening the right areas till all of a sudden their workouts are just now harder. Right. right. So like, they're all just like, they still don't really notice much cause they're just in that much better shape. And that's, I guess, you know I mean? That that's kind of like, that's level one with fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> just improve like overall movement, like capability. So that's usually where I like to get them going. And then I just like to make sure that, uh, or like to kind of just highlight their successes so that they see him, you know, and that's something that, that took me a while to understand 
you know, cause I'm always like, suck it up and get it done. Like if I, if I was talking to myself, I'm like, I don't really care what your problem is. You, you, you get, get it done, done or yeah. you don't. Yeah. Right? Like the Mahomes, the new Mahomes and uh, Apollo model commercial is hilarious to me. Oh yeah. Because he's like, 100%. I eat hundred percent of my green bean, green beans, 100% of the time. And I, or, and I, I 100% don't, don't like, like them. them. Yeah. And I 100% don't care. Okay, that's right. Uh, so yeah. I love that. Cause I'm like, I'm like, that's 100% what it is for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not always the case for our clients. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be the hardest, most boring way. Mm-hmm. So I think really just identifying how they could have a better experience, you know, so I guess it comes down to like client experience and then trying to capitalize that on that. Because again, just like we've kind of learned is like, once we start having success at something, we want more, mm-hmm. right? Like barring no like real kind of like road roadblock or anything. Usually once we get the snowball going, we want to see how big we can make it, mm-hmm. you know, or we want to make it as, as big as we possibly can. 100%. So I guess that's how I would look at that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, because that's always, and I think, you know, people could also speak to this, that it can at times depend on the case as well. But I, I, I like your thought that I think that can be a common thing where if someone, as you said, doesn't necessarily move that well, and usually if they have a few areas of opportunity, there's, it's, there's so much going on. But I, I like what you're saying where, just get them to move often and frequently. And then some of the habits where if they were eating some poor, if there were some poor food selections, the fact that they're so tired or they're so deprived of uh, maybe energy that I, so I felt that there have been often cases where they would, you know, what, I'm so hungry. I'm going to eat fuller and better foods because I feel better. So if I am working out harder and I'm working out more frequently, like you said, if there's an intent uh, increased frequency, there's less, temptation sometimes not always to eat the less appropriate foods we're eating right uh 100 i mean that you know i guess that's exactly kind of like um 100 agree with that uh that's you know that's the idea of like as you get better you you want to do better you know i, I try not to push too much in that at, in the beginning i think at, the, at that level i'd really just be trying to ask questions and uncover what they feel would be areas that, you know, and we've kind of talked about this, obviously with some of our workshops and mm. role-playing and all the fun stuff we had to do. Uh, <clears throat> and then of course, you know, making sure you don't care more than they do, which is always hard, you know, especially if you, if you really get wrapped up into your, your client's well-being and you, you, I mean, you do, you, you form a relationship with them. So sometimes, sometimes you just got to take a step back and look. Uh, and that's mm. why I say, just get them to highlight, you know, at the beginning, I would just be like, you know, how are you doing with water? All right. And usually more people either say, oh, yeah, I drink. I literally have a bottle with me all the time or, yeah, I know I can be better. Right. I, I really haven't seen too much in between. Mm. You know, I mean, it's either people that just like drinking water or it's people that are like, you have to like twist their arm. And then it's, it's always funny because I'm like, dude, I love water. I don't know. Why, yeah. why, why don't you want water? Uh, but that, that's not everybody. <clears throat> so, yeah, so I guess it's just trying to highlight what they could be doing. And, and again, try to give them a little bit of that autonomy. You know, I think that's kind of what I've learned. Um, mm. Yeah. Cool. What, um, when it comes to designing a program uh, for clients, just in general, how do you typically like to lay them out, structure them? 
very, very open, but I'll, but I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> what's your so style? It, it you know, how do you, how do you break it down? How do you like, what's your thought process for any of the trainers listening to this who might just be getting starting in the industry? They love hearing the different trainers uh, thought processes, you know? Sure. Sure. Uh, and this is actually a great one. And this is something that I, you know, I think we're coming out of a sports background, uh, having a program was something we just always had. Right. So it was like, this is how you're going to get there. Here you go, go get it done. Uh, you know, so that allowed me to really understand like programming cycles, sorry, meso cycles, macro cycles, and micro cycles, just like really understand why we break those down the way we do, mm-hmm. you know? So definitely an understanding of those areas is just very, very helpful. But I've really just found is that you should have a weekly plan. You know, that's, I think one of the biggest things and you should understand how that plan ties together for the long term. Right. You know, mm. so that's kind of your micro cycle and let's say you're my, and so yeah, your micro cycle and you're in your kind of macro cycle together. <clears throat> I think if you're doing that and then you're paying attention to some metrics, let's say you're paying attention to nutrition or you're paying attention to weight mm. or, uh, you know, you're getting measurements, right? Like I do think there's a lot of value, especially in, you know, kind of the way the world is right now uh, for trainers is that I do think using as much uh, technology or just metrics is great because it really does make a difference. It allows you to just kind of start looking at things and saying, okay, you know, I know what's going on here, right? Like, let's say I'm looking at, you know, my weight. Okay. Okay. My weight's, you know, 230. That's great. It stays about 230. All right. What kind of want to lose weight? You know, if I'm not paying attention to like my diet, how am I going to know what that even means? Right now, all of a sudden I'm looking at that 230 and I'm saying, well, okay, I had 200 grams of protein, you know, 300 grams of carbohydrates and maybe 200 grams of fats. And it's like, well, okay, maybe we need to dial down those fats. Maybe that's the reason you're not going down. Let's start there. So I think just having a starting point, like anything, that's what I would say the programming really, really does for you is it really allows you to funnel everything and do one one solid direction. Uh, I don't think everything has to be, you know, I don't think you need a three month plan all built out a hundred percent, you know, unless you're selling that to a client, you know, in that case, that's a different business model. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you're there, there's so much that goes into what you're going to do as a trainer in each, in each uh, session, you know, and how, how many times have we all had to deviate change structure, change plans, and make sure that it fits for what the client needs or what's going on in his life right now. You know, so that's why I say, as long as we got a weekly understanding of what we're doing and we understand our overall goal, and then of course, limitations, opportunities, and then just really understanding our clients, what do they like? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the end result is always making a fun experience for them because this is their experience, right? Training with, with us is something that they get to experience each day or every other day or however often they get to do it. So, you know, those are the things that I guess I would highlight as paying attention to. Cool. Yeah. I think, um, I really like you touched on a point of you can plan three months out, but there's so much that changes. And we mentioned this previous trainer who had this client who had gotten a car accident, right? Like that's obviously very unfortunate, but things happen, things change, right? I'm sure a lot of us in February, probably March of 2020 had planned the rest of the month out, right? I'm sure a lot of us didn't have any idea what the rest of the month was month of 2020 March was going to look like. And like you said, you adapt, you change. Um, 
I did want to ask one final question. I know you're a f- um, fellow hockey fanatic like myself. Is there any... Uh, both our teams got spanked last night as well. That's another thing. Um, I haven't been not been... I've not kept up too much this year yet, uh, this season. Um, maybe not a bad idea. Yeah, I, I do need to get back into it. I, and it's funny because like, uh, I don't have a, I have a hockey site. It's a media site, personalhockeycoach.com. And uh, so I, I kind of check. I mean, I, obviously you go there. It gives you all the all the news oh, and information good. of what's going on. Yeah, so it's like it's funny. I'm like, I was looking at that today. I'm like, you're not even checking my own site enough right now. Uh, so <laughs> so, so I, I love the sport. And I'm like, man, what are you doing here? Uh, and I think it's just because he, you know, trying to take, take care of some other opportunities. So, uh, but it is definitely, I do need to get back into it. Uh, sorry, did you ask me a question or did I just jump Well, I was kind of, no, I was, no, with a statement, I was laying into a question where do you think um, there is one day a job or a path that leads you into walking in, into, into a field where they're professional athletes again in hockey specifically? Um, well, I mean, I guess so one aspect is going to be, yes, the, the site I was just talking about, that's actually going to be a, a training platform um where you know almost anybody can go to just get information to help them become a better hockey player or help and you know just kind of any little inch they can give themselves so i definitely see that as something there um i don't rule it out right you know that's one area you know strength conditioning and of course working with a sports team and working with pro athletes uh it's a lot of fun it it's definitely there you know but i guess kind of going back to when we first talked about specializing versus Mm -hmm. uh just general you know, I hate to break it to you. You're going to make way more money if you're good in, in the general realm, mm-hmm. you know, so it's going to, you know what I mean? Like anytime you kind of make your, your market smaller, <clears throat> then you got to make either bigger margins and people do don't get me wrong. People, you know, have one can train one athlete and that's, that's their meal ticket for their entire life. Uh, and so it's definitely out there and it's definitely something that I, uh, I see, I'm not sure yet, you know? So I guess that's the easiest and most honest answer I got there. Yeah. <clears throat> No, that's cool. I, I know I know that's something that's uh as you mentioned, those that are general may maybe someone wants to make more money. And then being a specialist, this the percentage of people that are um making making it big maybe even or are successful, it might be in a smaller percentage. Um but I always just think that might be one of the coolest things, right? You work with athletes, they like you said, it's very interesting on the ready, willing, and able subject because they're athletes. They want to get better. They've been working on trying to get better since they were maybe seven, eight, ten years old, whatever it is. So, and then a lot of these kids, when they get, they were talking about um, Lafreniere, who the Rangers drafted this year, and they're saying, oh, he doesn't look that good. And then with the with the Devils, they they drafted, I think, Hughes a year or two ago, and they're saying, oh, the fact that he's stronger is making his he's make he's being able to elevate his game. So they're talking about these kids have been playing these sports all their lives, but when they get to a level where they're playing with guys have been playing professionally for 10, 20 years, some of these guys, right? That they need that extra level to be able to, well, to unleash their game. And what's what's lacking or what may be an opportunity is their strength and conditioning. So oh, I that's just, a huge part, right? 100%. Yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest things because, you know, most sports like, you know, football, basketball, um, I think baseball too, they allow you to kind of, it's like, all right, now I'm going to draft myself in, right? Where hockey, it's like, it's roughly you know, uh, 18, 19 and some 20 year olds. Um, I think it's a lot of 20 year olds now. So, uh, you're a kid. Mm. Right. And the reality is like at 18, I mean, there are those that are out there. Very few 18 year olds are as strong as 24, 25 year olds. Right. You mm. know, those guys that are like 33 to, 
you know, even 38 to 40. I think they can do well. They're probably still getting thrown around by them a little bit because they're just some some of the older guys that are just right. been there. They know they know what to do by now. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that's. I mean, there's a, there's a huge opportunity for that. And I think like you're touching with the Reading Willing and Ables is uh, it's a lot of fun training people when the answer is yes to everything you're about to do or how are we going right. to get better, right? Yeah. They show up and like I don't have to tell you today's one opportunity that's not coming back tomorrow. So today you're going to give me 150 percent. They're already there saying, what am I doing? Mm. All right. And they're going, to, you know, and then they're giving you everything they got. So, and when you say, Hey, give me more, they find okay. a way. So yeah. that's always, that's always a great feeling from a coach because it's, it's a chance for you to kind of test your skills as well too. Right. Like it's like, all right, let's see what I can do with this guy. I'm about to make mm. a monster. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. I couldn't agree more before. Yeah. Wait, before David uh, jumps on, I wanted to ask, because you guys uh, spoke a little bit about hockey and, you know, jumping into it at 18 and 19 and then having to fight your way with like grown ass men pretty much. Right. Um, How does that, how does that work? Like, is there a benefit to going in a little bit later because then you can have like a little bit more muscle mass on you, a little bit more bone density. Like if you're a kid, let's say you got a kid, he's 18 and he wants to play in the NHL and people are looking at him, scouters are saying, listen, I want this kid to be, you know, on this team or whatever in this roster. What would you, what do you do? And then you see some of the guys on the team and you're just like, they're like twice the size. I mean, maybe generally they're not even at that stage. Maybe these are big guys. I don't know, like 18, 19 year old hockey players these days. What's I mean, yeah, 14 year old again. press 405. Like those are like rare. Yeah, exactly. so Move ahead. Uh, no, a bench press, 405, 14-year-old. He gets up out of the bench. I'm like, this fucker isn't 14 pounds, 14 years old. He's like, he looks old, but in reality, he's a young kid, and he's one of those, uh, you know, anomalies where it's like, shit, sure, quick, yeah, yeah. a couple of them mature really quickly. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, with hockey, I, I, I mean, again, the uh, the fortunate there, the, you know, I guess the satellite is, usually it is the bigger kids that tend to develop well. Um that do go on and get drafted right away. So definitely, I would say the first thing I would say is you should have started when you're 16, you know? Uh, and, and I think most kids nowadays do. So I think you're going to see less and less than that. But it, again, you got a guy like Connor McDavid who comes into the combine and can barely do a pull-up, right? But he's put him on the ice. ice. He's the, yeah. Put him on the ice. He's better than anyone out there. So you know, a lot of that, not only just getting pushed around by other, other bigger guys is also safety prevention as well, because obviously a guy that that's kind of that, that small is going to be, you know, it's going to upper chest and the shoulder is going to be a little bit brittle if he gets drilled by somebody who's 240 solid muscle. So there's a, there's definitely a safety yeah. kind of protocol that goes into that. Um, I overheard you know, a, first... Sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, no worries. I was gonna say my first thought, like on an eight year old, you know, parent saying, what should I do with my kid? It would be you need to get a trainer, the right kind of strength and conditioning coach, and you need to give me a solid year of an actual macro cycle, you know, mm. and that's with proper nutrition. And then these kids will do it, right? Mm. And this is what most of these kids do, right? Like, you know, if you get drafted and, and, and I guess the other side of that, Angel, would also is like, even though these kids are getting drafted, a lot of them are not getting to the NHL till they're 23, 24, mm. right? right? So it's only the, you know, maybe the top 10 Three or, through 50, yeah. maybe 20, yeah, exactly realistically it might be 20 or sorry it might be three mm-hmm. uh for the first year or two so wow that's insane that's a lot of competition but you know you got to earn it i guess right yeah that's yeah. definitely it um i had a question in regards to specific uh sports and conditioning programming since you have a lot of experience in it 
what, what do you think, or do you think there's anything that's limiting a lot of these kids when it comes to doing, or when it comes to coaches giving them specific programs, do you think there's a limiting factor that they're, they're, that's missing in a lot of these high school, college conditioning programs if it, when it comes to like old school conditioning versus the things that we have now? Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, I definitely think there's some things that are lacking, but I, I guess, you know, the old school conditioning, I would just see for the, I don't see it in the bigger schools and I don't see it in the, in the bigger programs. I see it more so, and you're kind of on the fringe when the reality is the only coach you got to teach this, you know, is somebody who may not be as well uh, educated and that's not to take it because you could go out there and find some of the best people in the world. So that's mm -hmm. not to take away. It's just taken as a, as a broad snapshot. There's just less willing people willing to, to kind of take that role. So you, you get stuck, you, you know, the opportunity goes to whoever's willing to accept it, I should say. Uh, you know, then, and that's going to lead to obviously, you know, some inexperience, you know, at, at a general level, you know, I think with social media and obviously with the way the internet and everything's been, obviously that gap's going to definitely get sped back up. So I would say with most good strength and conditioning programs, we can call them old school. I wouldn't say too, too much because, you know, thing people have to understand is we do a lot of this functional training, but if you're playing a sport, you're functional training, right? So like, yeah. if you're very let's say linear in your approach to getting stronger, you probably should be, you know what I mean? Like if we look at like, you know, Olympic lifters, some of the strongest athletes we have, they're very bread and butter. Uh, and, and that's how they stay safe. You know, the question is, I guess, I would almost say the opposite is true. And is that today's age, too many trainers are really excited about how they came up with a new method to mm -hmm. train someone. And really, I haven't seen a lot of them worked out in terms of actual overall um, sports performance um, overlay, right? So, you know, I, I mean, I think, you know, that's in a saturated market of fitness is there's so many things off, so many people offering so many things. And my question would be, what does it get me other than achieving your objective? Yeah. Because it's, it's exciting, right? And it's something that you're doing. And that's not to take away because there's a lot of like, great stuff coming out. You know, I mean, there's just more and more people getting better and better every day. You know, obviously, you know, the tide, rising tide raises all ships for sure. I would just think we might run into more problems now because everybody wants to get, it's, I guess, you know, it's hard to say. It's a yeah. mixed bag. You know, I think it comes down to those that really are good at what they do and those, it's a good, I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, <laughs> I'll say it's no, a mixed I get bag. It. I, I like, yeah, I like yeah, how yeah. you mentioned, you know, functional, like if you're doing a sport, you're training functionally regardless, just like innately. Uh, Mike, Mike Boyle said that if a kid wants to, you know, get better at a sport, if a parent wants their kid to get better at a sport, he generally would tell them, go play the sport, you know, like, and then bring them into the gym and we'll or play other stronger. Sports. Or play other sports. Yeah, exactly. Playing play sports, at the age, yeah. you know, off season training, you have a lot of these kids playing football that are playing lacrosse in the off season or, or anything like that. Uh, back in high school, I played lacrosse and the majority of kids that would come in were football players. Uh, that you know that or track and field um i wanted to change directions a little bit in the beginning i, I heard uh from my co-host here that you have an experience in martial arts can you uh maybe go a little bit into that and also explain how you would tie in some martial arts training into general strength training for clients um sure sure uh yeah so i guess to kind of touch on that real quick i've been a lifelong martial artist uh Goji Ryu, um, karate, and then Thai boxing, and then just uh, 
you know, I've trained with the, or at the Gracie Academy in New York, so jujitsu. Um, so really just a lot of wealth of trying to improve myself and learn from a lot of great people. Uh, so martial arts, I mean, the, the common theme of martial arts is just self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, so right away, that's at the foundation of everything I do. And I think most trainers, that's probably the foundation of everything I do. Or, sorry, of everything they do. And then uh, the other side of that is like, you know, I think we've seen over the past 10, 10 years, just the evolution of how martial arts can be effective, right? Whether it's just, you know, stances or self-defense or just the mindset of, you know what I mean? Like discipline over time, right? Like it's kind of 10,000 hours. Like nobody comes a, a black belt if they don't practice every day for a couple hours, you know, two or three hours, right? It's a 10,000 hours thing, you know? So I think that's always applied in fitness, um, discipline. And uh, what, I, what I like and what's going on in, you know, in the past, let's say 10, 20 years is the understanding of like the mind body connection, but more importantly, how meditation and just discipline over your mind can really help take away or alleviate like anxiety or just fears of being able to be successful. Um, You know, I think what we don't give enough credit to is a lot of people that just don't know if they can actually be successful. We think it's like, no, just do it. Right. Like, no, you can do this. You just have to believe this. Right. But when you're generally internally, you know, worried can I actually do this am I going to make the right choice this time when you know history has shown that I want to go hang out with my friends and have that drink right like how am I going to get over this so I think understanding and practicing mental discipline just from a different avenue as opposed to just always in like hey be strong be disciplined don't do that thing we know you want to do right you know so it allows them to just kind of practice and almost get your reps in so I think that's probably the biggest strength martial arts has and then of course boxing and kickboxing because it just gives people another avenue to have fun you know i think that's why we've seen a huge rise in both those because it's fun right like and i and i and i know that for myself you know i was kind of touching upon this with uh and kind of just kind of going over some notes before for the podcast and that's like i always do sports with my fitness because otherwise i'd get bored Right. I always like that. I'm like trying to work towards something or have fun with something. And that I can basically overlay that, uh, that fitness goal as well. So that, that just helps me stay motivated. Uh, yeah, I think that pretty much. Have you been training, uh, even with the pandemic going on? Cause I know a lot of places in the city have been hit pretty hard when it comes to, uh, martial arts training. Uh, I mean, so my thing is I've, I've done this for so long and I've had to do, you know, katas and shadow boxing and, you know, just paddle drills and, you know, hours upon hours of stuff that, I mean, I did want to do it, but let's say it was tedious at times. You're like, come on. Man. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I've had no problem, you know, luckily I've got a bag and, and I, I tend to, you know, play on it consistently. You know, I, I try to go in and out of places that don't have too many people. Um, luckily we've got a field house and a turf. So I've been, had some fun training with that kind of stuff as well. So I have not had, I guess that's a two-sided answer. It's been a challenge, right? The, the <laughs> pandemic's been a challenge for all of us. Yeah. Like, I've just got to think back. I'm like, no, you had to get creative many times. So let's not not get too carried away. Uh, I guess I found a way to be successful. And I think, you know, going forward, you know, people keep talking about how home fitness is here to stay. And home fitness was already here, right? More people are just yeah. understanding of the, you know what? There's a lot of benefits 
if if I've got 10 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes, what if I just did something versus saying, can't get to the gym and back. So I guess I can't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's where you're seeing a lot of opportunity. And I think there there is going to be like this part of the, the industry is definitely going to shift. So I'm excited to see where things go. <clears throat> awesome. yeah, I, well, I, I was, my bad. I was uh, going to just make a joke. Like it's easy. <laughs> Like home fitness is one of those things that has been here. And uh, I think the next phase is for people to figure out if they can deal with like having the gym equipment in their apartment or their home, like visible or not, right? Because there's a, there's been this test of boundaries with 2020, like not only with fitness, but also with work yeah. and, you know, people calling you at all weird hours and emailing you nonstop. It's like, that's a real test. Like, do, can we get over this obstacle of not having boundaries or are we just going to get stuck on that, um, on boundaries and say, all right, I don't need this in my apartment. This doesn't belong here. This belongs in a gym. So I don't know. I, I wish I'd That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I got a few ideas on that that you just kind of like brought back to mind. Um, maybe they're more valuable than I thought. Um, but yeah, that is like interesting. But I, I do feel that too, because I think, you know, that there are those clients, obviously being in New York that are like, man, I, and I literally have gotten yelled at them, but they're like, I have all this stuff in here. <clears throat> like they're, they'll be excited when they can get rid of it. Right. You know, so I think you're going to have a lot of people that are just like, there's going to be the rubber band snap, snap back effect, but it's just gonna be like, I need to get out, you know? I was one of those people when I first got to like pick up a, you know, a, a squat bar to do some deadlifts and some cleans. I swear people thought I was probably crazy in the gym. And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm getting amped up. I'm like, wow. I'm like, my body was just like, this is amazing. So I, I definitely think there'll be a snapback, but. Um, yeah. Well, I was going to say, same thing. Yeah. Got, got, yeah, I got a little about, too excited. Yeah. Got a little yeah, too excited. Before I even knew what was going on. Yeah. Pulled something. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, All right. Too, a little too excited. David just warming up with the bar. Oh shit! Warming up with the bar, tear something. Yeah, I think people were probably like, "This guy's crazy," and I was like, "Can't stop myself." Body says go. So nice, Dan. Um, where where can we find you online? You know, do you have any websites and any resources that if anybody has any questions, they could you know reach out? Sure. Uh, I mean, the easiest probably way right now is just going to be at Instagram at uh, Dan Rohanna. Uh, My email is staystrongathletics at gmail.com. Um, and then, uh, that would probably be the easiest way to go about, about finding me, you know, or just Google me cool. and hopefully good things pop up. Do you have any, do you have any projects coming up? Uh, so I do actually have a, a, a fitness product coming out. It's coming out, um, around April 1st. It's the bonsai ball. It's uh, a <clears throat> light load sensory training. Mm-hmm. So it kind of really hits on, um, uh, apologize <clears throat> choking sure. here real quick. Oh, go ahead. That sounds cool though. Bonsai, bonsai yeah. ball or bonsai ball? bonsai ball. Okay. The bonsai ball. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it really kind of hits on, like I said, uh, brain health, uh, regeneration and uh, body awareness. Right. So things that I think we all understand that everybody could, could use. And I mean, it was just a project that's taken a long time to get to know and understand what it was and how to, how to get it out. Um, but like I said, uh, April 1st will be watching. So I'm excited about that. <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah. Congrats on uh, awesome. creating that and hopefully everything goes well and we'll be sure to promote it when it's around that time. Just yeah, for you to let us know. Awesome, man. I appreciate 100%. that. Guys. Yeah. Thanks for being with us, Dan. All right. Thanks, yeah, Dan. Thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. See you guys later. All right. Take it easy. See ya. Thanks, Dan. Take care. That was awesome, right. man. 
Yeah, it was cool. I got to check out ball. I'm, I'm, yeah. like, I'm excited to check that out. See what, what's it about? No, it's going to be dope. That is going to be dope. I didn't know that he, um, I know that he was doing Muay Thai, but I didn't know he did karate as well. So that's pretty. He's cool. a man of many trades, isn't he? He has a lot under his belt. Yeah. And I like the fact that he was ready to kind of like push his clients and say, Hey, listen, this is what I need or this is what you need and this is where this is how we're going to get to it right I mean, kind of like that no people, right? nonsense yeah. and that's yeah. um that's a good approach to have i think that right now we're in a weird spot because everybody's talking about how they feel and you know trying to understand their feelings and things there's like nothing that nothing wrong with talking about your feelings angel no there's nothing wrong i mean trust me i know i'm probably the most empathetic one here <laughs> yeah that's probably true um but i do I do really like that approach of just like, cause that's how I deal with stuff internally. I think externally I'm more empathetic, but internally I'm more just like, go get shit done and stop crying. Yeah. I think that's, and think in my opinion, internally for everyone, it's great to have that mindset. You know, I think internally it's great to be like, I got to get this done. Let's do it. I think that's a healthy way to go about things. And I think from a coach to a client, I think a lot of it has to do with being there for them when that mentality isn't there. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you want to encourage them all the time. Yeah. A couple, I mean, in my opinion, a couple of times it's great to be like, all right, dude, what are you doing? Come on, let's go. Let's go get it done. Yeah. But a lot of times also they, that switch in their head when it comes to, Oh, I can't do it. And then like Dan said earlier, if you tell them, well, do this, do that. It's like, wait, no, it's like, it's not, not clicking. So I think yeah. it is a big thing that we needed to, you know, help them be empathetic with whatever's going on in their life so that they themselves could be like, okay, let's get shit done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like um, the previous episode where we were closing out and um, I was talking about my client who wants me to hold him accountable by just asking him what foods did he eat? And, yeah. you know, he'll reflect on that and how I felt like that wasn't a good way, a good approach because then it could be destructive, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, that's what some people need and understanding that and being able to communicate that and be able to wear that hat for a little bit for that person. For a little bit, yeah, you, you don't want to be able to, you don't want to hold their hands like throughout their yeah. life. Yeah, it's true. I know, I mean, listen, we all know some trainers who went out and got groceries for their clients as well, right? Where they're just like, oh, their client doesn't have enough time. So then they're doing it. It's like, well, you know, they're adults oh, that, too. Oh, that reason why. I, was, I thought you meant by pandemic. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, oh, I totally, I totally go. I, I have a friend of mine that I used to get groceries for because she was like, like oh, no. older. She was older. She, you know, she was, she had so many, you know, prior risk factors. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll get your fucking groceries. You I'm not meant, saying you can't get them. But yeah, you sure, priors, like, you know, she was like, oh, prior convicted. Uh, who knows? Yeah, you know? Who knows? I mean, that's why she doesn't want to be out. Who knows? With the mask, it, it uh, she can't, she's banned from Cinderella. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. the image that's, search the with the mask. that's the same mask you had when you robbed us <laughs> no. No, but uh but yeah this it's good to be able to hold people accountable and you know push forward he worked his clients hard as well when we're when we went on yeah. i remember seeing he busted his clients asses right in, in a yeah. functional way it wasn't a very yeah it was, it was all very functional very strategic and um i think when um whenever i had conversations with dan he was always very just transparent which is something i can always appreciate with him and he always um yeah again you mentioned when you get these former uh t-rex um no i'm just trying to say everyone that you went through the curriculum with you have some 
it, as you've mentioned in previous episodes where anyone that took the curriculum or anyone who still wants to, you usually get that mindset or that combination of, um, it's just it's just those similar wavelength com- of thoughts and conversations that uh, I think, like you said again in previous episodes, that have had the pandemic, having not been these daily con- not having daily contacts and conversations of everyone we used to, you f- you forget that those are some of the connections you we've made, and it was always good to reconnect with someone like him. Um, Definitely, yeah, he's in Pennsylvania now. He said, right? Yeah. Well, you're looking at David. <laughs> Who's in Pennsylvania? Dan. He is Dan Western PA. Oh yeah, okay. Wow. You guys want to hear something funny? Go I got to this. Better be funny. I swear so that. one, David, you can't call me foreign anymore because I passed my citizenship on Wednesday. Let's go. Very right. nice. <laughs> but you guys want to hear? The... So so now we gotta call you Jack. Jack. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear the funny part? Oh shit! What? I almost had a. This is completely down to me though. No one else's fault. So when I got the letter about a month ago, I said, you'll come for interview 2 to 4 p.m. <laughs> so address is the Jacob Kravitz building, right? And I had a real moment. I was like, oh, Javits Center, right? I didn't even think twice. I didn't Google the location, nothing. Um, so I get the Javits, because everyone's telling me that the Javits Center is where the vaccination is going on, right? So I'm like joking, like, ha I get the vaccination and my citizenship in the one day, boom, 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 whatever. I get the Javits Center and I see all the signs are vaccination this pro this way, or this is the exit only, this is the in- entrance. And I'm starting to walk to the Javits Center. I look at my letter again and I look at the address. I'm like, um, where is the where is this entrance? So I Google it. <laughs> this shit is on the lower east side. Yeah, and I'm by the Javits Center and I have 15 minutes to make my appointment so I'm like I might not get my citizenship because I didn't <laughs> read a fucking address but anyway long and short of it is the Javits Center has those bikes uh, the city bike dock and I got an electric bike I was about and to say dude, you better hop on an electric bike I or never rode break. so yeah and Keep I that actually- shit on pause don't even <laughs> don't even lock it up just pause I'll be right back so I throw it out the dock yeah. it was just so I almost was like, fuck, I'm not going to miss it. And then like, it's whatever I make. And I think it's one of those where you don't ever go. It's not as though, oh, you're not here at 2 p.m. You're done. We're sending you home. But I was trying to joke to people that asked me, oh, how'd it go? I said, not good. They're sending me home next week. And no one bought the joke. Was I not convincing enough? No. But, uh, no. yeah. They don't, they don't turn. That's not how it works, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's not no, like, wait, wait. like they're going to be going, hey, pack your bags. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine so, but um, maybe to Hispanics, but not you. Yeah, and then it's not funny. It's just yeah, like, and then it's like, oh shit, damn, they deporting you, shit. So, yeah, but I learned. You guys want to hit me? You want to quiz me on American politics? Now I'm kind of, kind of uh, clued up on it. So, uh, what were the original thirteen colonies? Oh shit! I know uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, North South Carolina, Virginia. Maine, Massachusetts. Um, did I say Pennsylvania already? Um, Maryland. How many was that? That's no, twelve. Good. I think. There's one more. I think I'm. Is it there. Delaware? Delaware is. Yeah, I think it's just Vermont and New Hampshire are not the two. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Any more you want to pep me, David? Come at me, oh, bro. David, Vermont, Vermont David, was afterwards. On. Vermont was a whole thing. Come at me, bro. Come on. David, want throw me to one. Test you? Throw yeah, one question. Me. Throw one question my way. Uh, 
first three uh, presidents. No, nah, that's too easy. Actually, I couldn't name you the second one. I can name you the first and third one. Name them. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. George, <laughs> George Washington and Thomas Jefferson are the first and third. The second one, I never... Um, well, wasn't it John Adams? Wasn't uh, he the second president? I don't fucking know. Uh, second know. president of the United States. Or James Madison. Joe. James Madison's the fourth. Oh, okay, so it's John Adams then? John Adams. Samuel Adams. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that Americans don't really know. Well, you wouldn't. I, if you asked me a similar test in the that was based on the UK history, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you much either. So. Who gave us the Who gave us the Statue of Liberty? French. There you go. Thank you. Oh, uh, what uh, what uh, material is the Statue of Liberty made out of? Oh shit! I couldn't tell you. Isn't it copper? Jack. 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 I don't know. This wasn't on the question. This wasn't on the quiz, so <laughs> oh, I would it? answer it. Sorry. Um, no, but I do think it's copper because it, it was rusted. Wait, so you don't have the answer? <laughs> no, I don't have the answer. No, what, the thing is, what I, just what know. I read is it's copper since it, it's green because of the rust. Right, it's green because of the rust. So it was originally like brown or whatever. No one knows though. That's the thing, right? It's like no one... I mean, they know because they you can just sample the metal and just figure out what I it guess. is. But that's that's what it was. And there's another Statue of Liberty, right? So the French, la the French eclorante monde. What the fuck? That's how you say it. David, uh, Angel's got some uh, liberty in lighting the world. Send it to me. I'll read it in French for you. It was a reddish brown copper skin. Wow. Copper, copper statue. They have a small one in France as well. They have a smaller version. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. What other question? Uh, then we'll wrap it up because I'm going to bore you guys. No, 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 no. No, this is actually kind of fun. I mean, it is fun, but... <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up in five minutes, though, but yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, five, minutes. Now, Washington, Jefferson, and Adams. So that was that one. So I got... Yeah, I got one and three right, yeah. Yeah. There you go. No, you got it. So, wait, John Adams was the third or the second? It says the third. Second. Third. Nah, what? Oh, wait, John, oh, I know which one you got wrong. No, nah, this is brain mass, so this isn't even... Nah, go to US... Go to USCIS, what it's called. Uh, yes. So Tom George Washington Jefferson uh, Washington's the first yeah right and he's the he's the father of America wow yo I'm going through what this site told me this is question was question was George Washington a British commanding officer shit I actually couldn't tell you that it's a trick question because he was but that was before they became the thirteen colonies he was technically working for the British Uh see. Thank God that was on the test. <laughs> go, no, go, yo, go on over, go on YouTube whenever you got a chance and type in oversimplified. And they have all these videos on uh, like, the revolution and the civil war. It's really cool. Oh, isn't there one on Braveheart and they rip Braveheart's accuracy? I think, no, yeah. no, that's different. That's different. Oh, that's different. That's different. That's different. Okay. But go to this one. They have like cartoons and everything. It's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. So Washington was uh, 89, so 17. 89 and 97. Adams was 97 to 01, 1801. And then Jefferson was 01 to 09. So I was right. So Washington, Adams, Jefferson. Thank you, Wikipedia. Make sure to donate to Wikipedia as well so they can stay alive. They've been hit pretty hard because of the pandemic. This is a shameless plug. <laughs> uh, so but anyway. The trainer feed. Fuck. What do you. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap it up. And we'll catch you guys next time. All right. Be Deuces. safe, guys. Bye, guys.